Welcome to the Palm Beach County Medical Society Med Talk. I am Abby Strauss, and thank you for listening. Recently in the media, there has been a lot of public discussion about physician burnout. Some of the question is to why, where is it coming from, and is it any different than burnout in perhaps other professions, and how do we separate burnout from what could just be a common psychiatric problem? Bruce Saltz is a psychiatrist in Southeast Florida and has been in practice for many years, and he also has been involved in helping various medical organizations deal with the issues of burnout. Dr. Saltz, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. What is going on, sir? What do we feel is happening that so much concern now is focused on doctors who aren't functioning and even some who are committing suicide? I think it is a complex area, and I don't think that the problem of getting burned out of one profession is unique only to physicians. I think that there is a special issue that does pertain to physicians, which is that the whole corporate movement in healthcare has really taken away so much of the direct personal relationship between physicians and their patients that it has created a very different climate for providing healthcare and healing services. The issue of burnout conjures up in my mind an analogy or metaphor that I remember from medical school about the physiology of the optic system. The way the rods and bones in the eyes work to be able to be sensitive to light and color requires that the retina be in constant motion because if light continues to hit a given cell to activate it and the retina is not moving to cause that light to strike other cells back and forth at the same time, the ability for the retina to recognize color will be diminished and will be absent. It's a concept that there has to be a continuous motion or taking place in order for the cells to be able to pick up the light and the color. And I think that there has become in many professions, and certainly in in medicine, a diminution in the continuous motion that physicians can operate through because they are bombarded with repetitious tasks that have nothing to do with their fundamental ability to create Is this something that is a reflection of the way physicians were trained and that many of us who are older just don't have the psychological approach to dealing with the requirements of the modern medical practice? Do you think that's an issue? That's an interesting question, and I think there may be a component of it because I think to really be successful in any discipline, whether it's space science or being a physician, one does have to have some working knowledge about how to integrate business matters into the core discipline of their work. But I don't think that's the critical issue here for physicians. I think the critical issue today is that the workload has shadowed the time and space available to provide fundamental clinical services develop relationships and provide for healing. The model in my mind is a cognitive behavioral model. The physicians and anyone who's trying to do any form of useful productive work has some sense of expectation about what they need and want to do for themselves and for their patients. In practice, they are actually capable or able to do a certain amount. We'll call that the behavior. The behavioral demand from outside sources having nothing to do with the core delivery of healthcare has become so enormous that there is very little room for physicians to change their behavior in order to diminish the dissonance between their own expectations for performance and their ability to 
perform behaviorally as physicians providing health care. There is not much room left except for physicians to change their expectations to become empowered somehow to extrude from the behaviors of medicine many of the forces that are just completely shadowing out their ability to be able to do real healing and health care. Is this one of the reasons, perhaps, there may be multiple reasons actually, that more and more physicians are no longer joining insurance panels, that they want a separate independent practice away from a lot of that interaction? I do believe that to be true. The insurance companies, the payors for health services, have become one of the most powerful forces shaping physician behavior and, of course, subsequently patient-consumer behavior. The pressures that are applied to physicians from the insurance companies are, for the most part, more destructive than constructive in helping physicians to do their job. In talking to many colleagues, the percentage of time that we actually spend trying to figure out what's going on and execute a good intervention or a good treatment is often delayed, confounded, obfuscated by non-clinical issues that are directing what we're trying to do. So we walk home frustrated, as do patients very often. What happens now from a psychiatric point of view? When does this evolve into a problem as opposed to an annoyance? And we we have to elaborate and separate adjustment to the stresses of work versus doctors can also have depressions independently of their work. When does it become problematic and how can we intervene? The concept of problematic to me mirrors the fundamental way in which mental health professionals approach health care, which is that problems are basically defined by the experience of the consumer when the consumer feels a sense of unwellness also when there is an effect on the functionability of the consumer. Functioning can be measured in many different domains. One domain, able or not able to continue to make appropriate diagnoses and to mobilize treatment options. Another area, functioning independent of the patient, does the physician have a sense of well-being and is the physician functioning well, interacting with the other business elements of healthcare, interacting with families These areas are also areas that are ripe for interference when a physician is becoming unwell or when there's so much interference in the ability to perform that the actual functionability is impaired, even if the physician is resilient enough to be able to maintain some sense of wellness. One of the things that keeps coming up is that physicians can treat themselves, diagnose themselves, and when they start to feel these pressures for various reasons, it could just be old-fashioned embarrassment and shame because they themselves got themselves into a situation and they don't see an easy way out, is one of the problems of the burnout is that many physicians don't acknowledge and go out and seek help. Physicians are trained and personalities, even ahead of training, cause them to be the kind of people that are very significantly determined and persistent. They are very strong at solving problems. They have and cultivate an ethic that they're going to solve the problem or at least address the problem appropriately, no matter what interference comes along the way, whether it's a change in the weather or whether it's their own personal low-grade fever that sometimes makes them not feel so well or their arthritis for the day. They focus on the needs of their patients. Burnout is almost like the myth of 
of Sisyphus, where if the creature is condemned to ceaselessly rolling a huge boulder up a hill and has the personality to get that boulder to the top of the hill, if something interferes with that boulder making it to the top and just repeatedly rolls down, then somewhere along the way, the physician is going to get overwhelmingly fatigued. What are those characteristics? And number two, attached to that, what can an individual do to help himself, and when does he need to go for help? I conceptualize burnout to be a component of the unpleasant sensation and a cause of functional impairment, but I think it's a limited concept. Burnout is characterized nowadays along the concept of fatigue. I think the problem is more complex than that. I think it's a system-wide and society-wide problem. But before I expand into that, I just want to stay focused on the distinction then between burnout and other forms. When human beings suffer and then subsequently have functional impairments, there are certain characteristic features or symptoms that develop. These characteristics can come in many shapes and forms. They can come in the form of sadness. They can come in the form of anxiety, hopelessness, suicidal impulses, misdirected impulses to engage with the use of substances that are potentially more harmful than helpful. It can come in other forms, too, if people are biologically vulnerable to develop paranoid sensations or aggressive sensations and behaviors. These are the directions that those individuals will go in if they have those vulnerabilities. Any form of unrelenting stress the pressures of business can become large enough to elicit symptoms in any particular individual and will drive some form of dysfunction. Our job is not only to identify what the stressors are and whether they're overcoming the resiliency and coping mechanisms, but also to identify what the symptomatic and functional consequences are. This happens in a society-wide construct because society-wide that the stressors were overwhelming and there were really no individuals or groups of individuals that could be resilient enough to adapt to that. Society itself had to change. Our job as clinicians is to help identify individuals who are vulnerable and in trouble and help them with their maladaptations and painful experiences, but also to help all band together to modify the societal pressures. When someone is in a state of crisis, try to help them find alternatives, that there is still a plan, there is still an alternative, because it's when people see no plans, no alternatives, no other directions, that it becomes doubly overwhelming, and that's scary. That's very scary. That's a great point. The problem is that if we don't identify that the problem is inside of ourselves, interacting with the forces of society surrounding us, we as mental health professionals want to help educate physicians to understand how they're actually being impacted by the pressures and then to help them understand the ways their symptoms are expressing and their dysfunction is developing and help each individual one at a time to design a remedy for that problem while helping to empower physicians as a group to change the forces on physicians in general. Very well put. If someone comes to you, a colleague, a physician comes to you and says that they are feeling, well, again, we'll use the term burnt out as an introductory term, so to speak, and I realize this can be a very complex and detailed procedure, but what do you look for in order for you to design a treatment? I always take the approach that I want to understand what the internal intrapsychic life is and what roles or identities are important to that individual. For example, for physicians, I'll address the roles first. Roles have to do with the 
performing as a physician, may be performing as an employee, may be performing as an employer for someone else who is their employee, their role as a parent, a sibling, a child, possibly to middle-aged or aging parents, and a colleague to colleagues and a friend to friends. In each of these areas, I like to explore what they conceptualize their different roles to be, how they see themselves functioning in each of those distinct roles, looking for some of the differences among them and also looking for some of the commonalities among them. And oftentimes what happens is that there does appear to be some commonalities of interference in family life or in ability to be a good employer or to be a good employee because of a loss of an internal sense of well-being. So then the next thing I do is I try to help them characterize what that loss of internal sense of well-being looks like. Is it a feeling of worry and anxiety? Is it a feeling of sadness or a deeper amount of depression that may have a significantly reduced capacity for pleasure or for joy, sometimes bordering on even feelings of helplessness or hopelessness? Does it involve experiences of unnecessary suspicion or paranoia? Three glasses of wine a day instead of one glass of dinner when they're out with friends on weekends. I look for disturbance in the internal sense of well-being. Then I move from that into trying to characterize how the dysfunction intrapsychically are responding to forces that are in the universe, either that they help to cue, precipitate, or elicit, or that they are just simply responding to or victims of that have found them, even though they weren't looking for them. I try to look at the extent of the mismatch between what's coming their way and what their capacity is to deal with it. The vessel only holds a leader, and the rain is bringing in two leaders. From there, I try to explore with them possible ways to change their role functioning, to modify the way they feel by either studying their expectation behaviors or by prescribing medications or helping them to overcome the use of unhealthy substances, then to encourage them to be parts of aggregates of physicians if those stressors are not just coming from unique things to their personal families or work, but are stressors that are coming from the society-wide business elements of healthcare, where they can team up and change the course of events over time, helping them to be empowered again. I'm very pleased to hear that in your protocol, you take such a large look at the gestalt of the person's life before you go to medications. What frightens me is that that too many physicians, in fact, too many patients, do not have the luxury of a clinician to explore all those other domains before they go to medication. There's a time and place for medications, to be sure, but I like the way you sequence things. This is all very interesting, and it requires that people listen to it and pay attention to what's going on in their lives, and if they have any of these signs, then they need to, to intervene so that we can keep a very good member of our society operating at the highest capacity possible. Bruce Saltz is a psychiatrist in Palm Beach County, and I thank you very much for taking us down this tour, so I wish you a very good day. Uh, my pleasure, and thank you for this opportunity.